0: Hi, this is Brent White and welcome back to my podcast. Listen, I know that our nation, our world is facing some challenging times with the ongoing threat of COVID-19. Tacoma First United Methodist Church, like all churches, will not be gathering live for worship this Sunday. But we are offering online worship starting at 8.30. You can access that worship service on our church YouTube channel and also on our church Facebook page. You can get more information about how to do that at our website, which is Toccoa First UMC. O-R-G. In the meantime, I'm going to be offering daily devotionals, at least during the week on this channel. And of course, my family jokes that if the devotional is over 15 minutes, it's no longer a devotional. It's a sermon. What can I say? I'm a preacher. I like to talk. <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. Anyway, I hope you enjoy what follows we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. Even more importantly, God is going to bring us through this crisis. We're going to be okay because God is taking care of us. I want you to believe that. Anyway, I love you. I'll see you soon. Good evening, Coa First family. It's Tuesday, March 17th. This is the This is the second episode in our new series of video devotionals, which I'm calling Toccoa First Family Devotionals. As I said last night, we all may be quarantined from one another, but I don't want any of us to feel quarantined from our church, from our church family, or from your pastors. I want us to feel connected, and that's why I'm doing this. So I hope this is going to be a blessing to you. In last night's devotional, I talked about Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer, and I talked about Jesus' words leading up to the Lord's Prayer. Um, Verses 7 and uh, tonight, I want to talk about verse 8. So if you have your Bibles, and you should, please turn to Matthew chapter 6, and I just want to read a couple of verses. Verses. I'll read verse 7 and verse 8. They kind of go together. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Now, I talked about that last night. What these Gentiles were doing is they believed that... Um, that whether or not their God heard them and responded to them in prayer and gave them what they asked for ultimately depended on them, you know, on what they did, on what they earned, on what they achieved. They had to win over their God. They had to win his favor. And Jesus is saying to us Christians, don't be like them. Our prayer life, as with every other aspect of our relationship with God, isn't about us. It's about God. It's about what God has done for us through his son Jesus and what God is doing for us right now through his Holy Spirit. So don't be like the Gentiles, Jesus says in verse 8. For your father knows what you need before you ask him, this ought to be very comforting to us. First, because let's face it, we often don't know what we need. We think we do, but oftentimes we don't, not exactly. I'll, uh, after all, I'll bet none of us thinks that we need whatever God is giving us in this current COVID 19 crisis. In fact, I wouldn't blame you if you were tempted to pray something like this. Lord, I don't want to tell you how to run the universe or anything, but you might benefit from my wise counsel. I I, I think you should just, you know, we need to just put a stop to this whole thing because uh, I I don't see anything good... Uh, that could possibly be coming out of this crisis. I, I mean, it's certainly not good for me or my family. It's not good for the world. It's not good for your kingdom. It's not good for your, your purposes in the world. Um, it's not anything that I need. I don't need to be dealing with this crisis right now, God, because after all, I know <laughs> I know how to run the universe better than you. Well, that's, that sounds silly, of course, to say it out loud, but I, I understand that, that sentiment. You, don't, you, you, you can't possibly need anything that's, that's going gonna, gonna to come out of, it's going to be a result of this crisis that we're dealing with. To which I would say, are you sure about that? Are you sure that you don't need whatever God is doing through this crisis? Are you sure the Lord isn't doing something really good through this experience to help you in some way or to prepare you for something in your future or to fulfill uh, God's uh, purpose for you in your life? Are you sure? Are you sure that God's not using this crisis to bring you into a, a closer, more intimate relationship with his son Jesus? I still remember many years ago going through a difficult trial and I was, I was talking to a, a friend of mine and I, I was exasperated and I said, why is this happening to me? And my friend said, Brent, you're, you're asking the wrong question. The question is not, why is this happening to me? The question is, why is this happening to me now? Why is this happening to me now? In other words, why is God letting you go through this experience now? What purpose is there for it? What is God wanting to teach you or show you through this trial? And of course, my friend was right. Uh, none of us asks for a trial, but we can be sure that trials will come. The New Testament is clear. It says repeatedly that we are going to be tested and tried. And it also says repeatedly that these trials are for our ultimate good. My point is what we need certainly isn't always or often or usually what we want. <laughs> Jesus But Jesus' promise here in verse 8 is that our Father will give us what we need. I'll never forget. um, One of the greatest experiences in my life, two experiences in fact, was going to Kenya um, on a a mission in which I was teaching um, um, indigenous United Methodist pastors there in Kenya. And... um, (laughs) It was a, a great trip. The, both, both the trips were great. But I, the, before I went on the first trip, I had to go to, um, to Emory Midtown Hospital to something that they called a, a travel well clinic. And I had to talk to a doctor who specialized in traveling and being safe in a third world country. And he knew a lot about Kenya and uh, I had to get lots of shots and I had to get a few prescriptions, you know, in order t- uh, to be safe while I was there. And one of these shots was um, it was a vaccination against yellow fever. Yellow fever is a mosquito-borne um, disease or virus And the doctor told me that there currently weren't any active cases of yellow fever in Kenya. But there there were cases of yellow fever in nearby Somalia. So just to be safe, he would recommend that I get this yellow fever vaccine. And I said, well, are are there any uh, potential side effects to getting this vaccine? And this doctor perhaps didn't have the best bedside manner. He certainly didn't know that I was a hypochondriac. And so he told me, he said, um, oh, oh sure, there are potential side effects. It's a live virus vaccine, which means that you could actually contract yellow fever from the shot itself. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, uh, in my mind, I was thinking, You know, it's a good thing I'm at the hospital because you may as well reserve a room for me now because I know I'm going to get yellow fever from this shot. But think about it. This life-saving vaccine actually contained within it something that was potentially very harmful to me. But if all went well, according to plan, my body would actually transform that potentially harmful, potentially deadly thing into something that was good for me, something that I needed. I needed this otherwise harmful stuff for my own good. My point is, God has the power to transform even the bad stuff into something that's good for us, he does it all the time. This is, why, uh, this is what John Newton, the 18th century Anglican minister and author of Amazing Grace, meant when he said the following. He said, Everything is needful that God sends. Nothing can be needful that he withholds. Everything is needful that God sins, nothing can be needful that he withholds. Are we willing to trust that our Father is giving us what we need right now, even in the midst of this difficult trial? Granted, we don't want the trial, but that doesn't mean we don't need it. The Apostle Paul elaborates on the meaning of verse 8 in Romans chapter 8 verse uh, 26 and 27. This is nothing less than an unbelievable promise for those of us who are in Christ. Let me read uh, these verses for you. Uh, This comes from the excellent New Living Translation. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example. We don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Think about it. This scripture tells us that we're not good at knowing what to pray for. We're not good at knowing what's best for us or for our loved ones or for the world. In other words, as I've been saying, we're not very good at knowing what we need or knowing what other people need, but God knows what we need always at all times. And here's what's happening when we pray, Paul says. And this is an unbelievable promise. When we pray, something supernatural is going on. God, the Holy Spirit, who lives inside of us and knows what we need infinitely better than we do, prays for us and for what we truly need. The Holy Spirit pleads to God the Father, Paul says, telling the Father what we need in the mystery of the Trinity, as strange as it may sound, God the Holy Spirit prays to God the Father for us on our behalf. God prays to God through our prayers. Listen, you and, you and I uh, may sometimes be disappointed or frustrated, or frightened that our prayers aren't answered. That we don't get what we ask for when we pray sometimes. I mean, I've been there, I get it. But do you know whose prayers for us get answered every single time? God's prayers for us get answered every single time. In other words, what God the Holy Spirit asks for on our behalf, through our prayers, God the Father gives every time. Isn't that amazing? That's how we can be absolutely confident that God is giving us what we truly need when we pray. To summarize all of this, I like this quote from Pastor Tim Keller. I think it fairly summarizes the teaching of Jesus and the rest of the New Testament on the power of prayer. Keller says, When we pray, God either gives us what we ask for or what we would have asked for if we knew everything that God knows. When we pray, God either gives us what we ask for or what we would have asked for if we knew everything God knows. But notice. Notice what this doesn't say. It doesn't. (laughs) Keller is not saying this. (laughs) When we pray, God either gives us what we ask for or what we would have asked for if we had bothered to pray at all. (laughs) That's not what Keller means. The Holy Spirit prays through our prayers, but he doesn't necessarily compensate for prayers that we fail to pray. Brothers and sisters, I need you to hear this perhaps difficult truth. God will do things for us when we pray that God may not otherwise do for us when we fail to pray. That's not not strong enough. Let me say it again. God will do things for us when we pray that God won't otherwise do for us if we fail to pray. God will do things for us when we pray that he won't otherwise do for us when we fail to pray. There are blessings in our lives that we are missing out on right now, brothers and sisters, because we're not praying for them. We're not praying the way we should. We are missing out on blessings. Our church is missing out on blessings because God's people at Tacoma First United Methodist aren't praying as faithfully as we need to. So please, let's pray. And let me leave you with one final thought. You've heard it said, I know, that God answers every prayer that we pray. He answers it in one of three ways. You know what I'm talking about. God either says yes, or he says no, or he says what? Wait, right? Well, if what Jesus says is true, if what the Bible says is true, I would argue that that's not quite accurate. God doesn't say yes or wait or no when we pray. Instead, God says yes or wait or I've got something better for you. <laughs> I've got something better. Better for you. Hang in there. Be patient. You'll see. God's no right now ultimately only means one thing. It means I've got something better for you in the future because I know what's best for you and and that's what I'm working to give you right now. You don't know what the future is, but I do. You don't know what's gonna happen in the future, but I do. And you've gotta trust me that if I'm saying no to you in the short run, it's only because in the long run, I've got a better blessing than you can imagine. Do you believe that brothers and sisters? If so, will you say amen? Well, today is St. Patrick's Day, so I thought it would be fitting for us to close with a prayer from St. Patrick. May the strength of God pilot us May the power of God preserve us. May the wisdom of God instruct us. May the hand of God protect us. May the way of God direct us. May the shield of God defend us. May the host of God guard against the snares of evil and the temptations of the world. Amen.